Grass and blood, Brooke thought. Why? Papers spread around the lab like ornate white hand fans scrawled with brittle, black-inked handwriting and chemical equations revealed Dr. Chess's research was obsessive. The botanist, Detective Rook Black, quickly surmised, took pride in his ability to discern the scents of numerous species of grass. A framed photo showed the white-haired doctor blindfolded, an assistant waving a small vial of oil-borne grass extract under his nose. Name that grass, Rook thought. Name that blood. Dr. Chess, far beyond simply studying grass, was studying the relationship of grass to blood. The molecules of each, Rook noted from equations prominently and seemingly permanently displayed on a chalkboard, were quite similar. Four atoms of nitrogen made a square, and in the center was one atom of either magnesium or iron. The difference between a plant and an animal was an improbably simple jump from chlorophyll to hemoglobin, from green to red, from go, Rook thought, to stop. He observed animated screensaver footage of chloroplast cells squirming like green bubbles alongside footage of red blood cells flowing in an artery. Both cellularly viscous in form and sharp, acrid, and metallic in scent. In grass, the metal was magnesium, and in blood, iron. The olfactory difference Rook seized as he breathed in the scent of the laboratory's live grasses was in the smell of the metal. Grass and blood, he realized. One miraculous atom apart. Rook knew all too well the scent of blood, if it could be called a scent. When fresh, his own, a nick on the lip while shaving, it was not cannibalistic to lick it. It was strangely pleasing. Blood was the taste of iron, of red, rusty, oxidized iron. But when pooling in death, then coagulating, it was rust, deflowering into rot. It was an abhorrent stench he had first smelled when he had found his father in the bathtub. The man's wrists slit, and the edges of iron-rich red spatters, like the stain of dying leaves, blackening on the slick, white tile. The detectives investigating his father's apparent suicide eventually had burned pounds of oily, roasted coffee beans to mask the stench, cleared of patricide, released solo to the world, and Ashenrook struggled with the mental void of death 
and he reeled against the overwhelming silence that took the place of what had been his father's immense genius. His father was the only person he had ever really spoken in depth with, and he ambled the dark New York City streets, his ears crashing with unanswered questions, seeking solace from the ugliness and voiceless noise. The streets reeked of sewage, haunting him with death. In time, as Rook became accustomed to dead bodies, he became increasingly silent and comfortable with the void left behind from vanished lives, but he never became accustomed to the stench 